discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Now, I'll show you how to wash your feet. I'll show you how to wash your feet. But this inheritance is very important. If you know how to wash your feet, most of us have been reading the Bible, but we are not washing our feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is one thing to read the Bible and another thing to wash your feet. I'll show you how to wash your feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> But the more you wash your feet, the more you access your inheritance. Do you know the vast inheritance given to us? Paul prayed in Ephesians 1 that we will see the unfathomable riches of his glory which he has bequeathed to his saints. That's another version. It's unfathomable and he has bequeathed all of these inheritance to his saints. Wow, we are wealthy. So much he has given us. But you know how to access your inheritance? Inheritance in Acts 20, verse 32. Finally, my brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. He put these two words together inheritance and sanctification. Inheritance and sanctification. But he says that the word of God and the word of his grace can be, deliver your inheritance and he links it with sanctification. In John 17 verse, verse 17, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Okay. Sanctification is from the word. Sanctification is linked to inheritance. Now follow me carefully. Now what does it mean to be sanctified? The word sanctified actually means not common. Not common. Not common. That's what it means to be sanctified. When you are sanctified, you are not common. Like in your homes, there are special glasses and spoons you have reserved for special guests during Christmas. And so when Bishop comes to your house, <laughs> you wouldn't give him the ordinary spoons. So <laughs> There's a special one you have reserved. <laughs> I prophesy one day bishop will come to your house. <laughs> I can just imagine the plate you serve him with. <laughs> yeah, so those are not common. Literally, that's the word sanctification. See, the word holy, the opposite of holy is not sin. The opposite of righteousness is sin, but the opposite of holiness is commonness. Yeah, if you want to understand the Bible, there is something called the law of first mention. Check how the word is first used in the Bible and how it was used. And that becomes a principle for that same category of things. 
When was the word holy or sanctified first used in the Bible? Genesis 2 verse 3. The Bible says that in Genesis 2 verse 3, you know what God did? He created the days. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. That's the first word for holiness or sanctification. At this time, there was no sin in the world. There was no sin in the world in Genesis 2. But God had made seven days. Listen, all the seven days are ordinary days, but he took one day and sanctified it, so the rest are common, but one is uncommon. <laughs> Praise God. So the word sanctify means to make, to hallow, to separate. Something for God himself. You can be sinlessly perfect, but not holy. All right. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. Hebrews 10, 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm still talking about inheritance. Something very important. For by one moko tole, by one's offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. For by one sacrifice, is the same word for offering. By one sacrifice, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Who are those who are sanctified? Now, in English, the word sanctified is in the past tense. Is that not so? But in the Greek, it is in progressive tense. So literally, in the Greek, he has, by one offering or sacrifice, he has perfected forever those who have been sanctified. So, now, there are different aspects of sanctification. When you come to Christ, you are sanctified. First Corinthians 6, 11. And such were some of you, but ye are sanctified once and for all. But there's another kind of sanctification. It's a progressive sanctification. The Bible says we are being sanctified. What is this sanctification? We are being sanctified. We are separated from what is common. <laughs> we, are separated, we are being separated from what is common. And how do you separate from what is common? Sanctify them through that word. Sanctify them through that word. The word separated from what is common. Alright, now look at this verse well. Wait, wait, well. By one sacrifice, he has perfected forever them that are being. He links the offering or the sacrifice with sanctification. Actually, those who are being sanctified, the whole thing is related to the sacrifice of the cross. And let me show you what it means. Sanctification in this verse describes, follow me carefully, those who are being separated more and more to the provisions that are made that is to the provisions that are made by Jesus' sacrifice. Those who are being separated more and more to the provisions that are made by his sacrifice. Let me explain what it means. You are separated more and more to the provisions that come by his sacrifice. Again, you are separated more and more to the provisions that his sacrifice gave us. The Bible calls that sanctification. What are the provisions of his sacrifice? What have you received in the finished work of Christ? What we received in the finished work of Christ are the provisions of his sacrifice. The more you separate yourself to it, you separate yourself, we are being sanctified. For example, maybe I remember when I was growing up, I lived with my family. 
every day they were taking medicine. Every day, as long as I knew. For more than 10 years, they took medicine every day. Every day. Now maybe you take medicine every day. And medicine, even medicine, medical health is a blessing from God. You take medicine every day. Medicine every day. But fine. Then one day, you open the Bible. And you stumble on a verse that says that himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. And all of a sudden, something just dawns on you. So, ah, wait, wait, wait. Himself, who? Himself. I like the Greek. The Greek says he himself, not an angel. He himself took. <laughs> took. So you go like, wow. So he took my sicknesses. He took it. And he bore it. So why should I have it? So all of a sudden, it begins to dawn on you that, ah. So on the cross, he made provisions for my sickness. Oh, so I can have divine health. So it's real. Is it true? And then as you see it, wow. Wow. So I can have health, healing and health from the provisions of a sacrifice. And now you begin to believe in divine healing. You begin to believe in divine healing. You know what you are doing? Now you are being separated from what is common. When everyone is sick, everyone takes medicine. But now, it's also good. But now it's like you are separated from what is common. And you are drawing to the provisions made by his sacrifice to receive what he died to give you. The Bible calls it sanctification. Now, by sanctification, you're accessing your inheritance. And that came through the word. You begin to understand, wow. Wow. I'm telling you, in a way, I had a testimony of a certain a couple. The lady just gave birth at a hospital, and the hospital was full. Can you imagine? Just gave birth. This is in a foreign country, and there was no room in the hospital. This is not Kolebu, this is not Konfanochi. <laughs> there was no room. So the man was standing there with a wife with a new baby. His spirit was stirred. He said, Jesus, Lord, when you were born, there was no room in the inn for you. You were denied of a room in the inn. You took my place that I might take your place. You were denied so that I may have access. So now in Jesus' name, I declare I have a room. Just after that, someone came and said, please, we have a room for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He accesses inheritance through the word. So you separate yourself from the common to the provisions made by his. Now understand this God has his good gift and perfect gift. Listen, God has his good gift and perfect gift. Medical healing is God's good gift, divine healing is God's perfect gift. Taking your salary every month is God's good gift. Living in divine abundance, God supplying supernatural, is God's perfect gift. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And coming down from the Father of light, with whom is not variable bonus, neither any shadow by turning. You see, so God's good gift and God's perfect gift. But the more you access the word, you realize that mm, there is something in there for me. There is something in there for me. Now listen, in Egypt... God was taking them from Egypt to the promised land. And in Deuteronomy, God says, the land I'm taking you is a land of hills and valleys. And the land drinks the rain, the water of the rain, that is from heaven. The land is not like the land of Egypt. 
in Egypt, it hardly rains in Egypt. Hardly. It doesn't rain in Egypt. And you know what happens? They all depend on the River Nile. They all depend on River Nile. And even they use now, they use a kind of foot irrigation system to water their farms. So God says, the land, the land you are going is not, it's not like Egypt. In Egypt, there's a Nile for you to depend on. But the land you are going, <laughs> there are no rivers there. The land receives rain from heaven. Now, which one do you like? Let me give an example. There is a river there you can access every day. Now stands for natural resources. It's there. You can access the Nile every time. Then you go to the promised land, everything is inside. You go to the promised land, there's no river. If you want water, you have to look toward heaven. From whence come it will help. And God has to rain. Now, which one do you like? The one that is always there. Whenever you are in need, you go to the natural resources, just go and grow. And the promised land, where there's nothing like that, you have to look up. <laughs> Someone says, all oh, water be water. <laughs> now, which one do you like? Every day, depending on medicine and doctors, and depending on divine health, or every day, depending on your salary, <laughs> your salary, <laughs> and divine resources. <laughs> and I'm telling you, there's a provision for us. You cannot, I'm telling you, you cannot, what God wants to use, use you to do, your salary is not enough. If I pay people school fees, your salary cannot pay five people school fees. <laughs> you know, and you are praying and your vision is to feed families. Pay school fees. I was telling someone that, you see, when you're able to feed your family and provide their fees, you are blessed. But when you're able to feed your family, care for them, provide their fees, and also care for other families and their children and pay for their fees, now you're not just blessed, you are a blessing. God's intention is not just to make us blessed, but for us to be a blessing. To reach many. You have no idea the, the number of people that are tied up with you in destiny. Waiting for your, your horizon. <laughs> you have no idea. People are hungry. People are hungry. People are looking for their fees to be paid. People are looking. I'm telling you. Too many. So you, your hope is your salary. It's a miserable hope. <laughs> you cannot live by... Of course, even that... Just, no, your, sal- your salary is from God. It's a, it's a blessing from God. It's a good gift. In ancient Israel, in ancient Egypt, for millenniums, they have not been able to find out where the Nile comes from, the source of the Nile. It is only <laughs> a few years ago that someone by name uh, um, John Speak, uh, an explorer, said that the source of the Nile is Lake Victoria in Uganda. But that one is even questioned today. People doubt whether it's from that place. God, in his wisdom, has hidden the source of the Nile. The world is blessed, but they don't even know where the blessing is coming from. <laughs> but they said, we belong to a higher plane. 
as is of the earthy, such are they that are earthy. And as is of the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. Remember that when we got saved, we were delivered from the authority of darkness and we were transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We are in a new kingdom, and He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all His right and all the right ways of doing things. <laughs> That's the righteousnesses. And you see, we are in a higher kingdom, and there are principles that works. And I want to provoke you onto good, good works because what God wants to use you for, even financially, your vision must be higher than your salary. And I, I want to show you the divine way. If you plug in, I mean, it has worked for me. It has worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Michael was telling me yesterday that uh, within nine months, I have given three, I've bought three cars and given to people as gifts. Within nine months. Yeah. And I said, oh, it's true. Can you imagine? It's true. Yeah. You, you can't buy three cars for people with your salary. <laughs> Not even for yourself. <laughs> Every month there are families we are feeding on. Too many of them. So we don't believe for ourselves. We have to believe for people. School fees, rent, bills. Because the thing is that that is the good works we have been called to. Praise God. Yeah. So don't lean on the Nile stream, the, the streams, the earthly stream. It works. If you wash your feet daily, you partake of the inheritance. I've stayed here because when I was coming, I saw it in a vision. That's why I, I, I kept telling you about it. Praise God. My, 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 my. And the father will be pleased. Now, if you have a child in the house and you've made provision for the child and the child is doing his own thing, it saddens you that the child is not taking what you have provided. Jesus died and gave us so many things, but we are looking for other things. We are not receiving the provisions he gave us. The more we will access what he gives us, the more. So it's our time. Hallelujah. The kingdom principles work. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But if you don't wash your feet, you can't partake of your inheritance, you can't access your priestly ministry, and your intimacy with Jesus is affected. So you see how important this is. What is more important than having fellowship, intimacy with Christ, serving in the ministry, and partaking of your inheritance? <laughs> you have no part with me. <laughs> Brethren, I want to have part with him. Oh, my, 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 my. How many of you want to know how to wash your feet daily? Praise God. Ephesians 5, verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water, and I told you it's liver by the word. You can read the Bible every day, yet you still carry dust. You still carry dust. The reason is that the word word here is the word rhema. It's rhema. Now there are three dimensions to the word of God. The word of God has three dimensions. The first one is called the graphy. The second, no, the first one is called the logos. There is the logos, there is the graphy, and there is the rhema. There is the logos, there is a graphy, and there is a rhema. This is the word of God. Three dimensions. 
When we say logos, the Bible says in the beginning was the word. In the Greek, in the beginning was the logos. And the logos was with theos. And the logos was theos. The logos is the living and the complete word. Mostly when the Bible speaks of logos, the logos, Christ is the word of God. The logos is the complete word. It's also the living word. Praise God. It's the living word and also the complete word. It's complete. Jesus is the word of God. Revelation 19 verse 13. Then there's the graphy. It is spelled J-R-E P-H-E It sounds like graphy, but because of the the, the apostrophe on, the, on top of the E it is graphy. The, the, the graphy is singular, but the plural is grammar. J-R-A-M-M-A Grammar. First Timothy. Now in First Timothy 3 Verse 15 and 16, the Bible says that, and from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Second Timothy 3, 15 to 16. And from a, the, from, from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So it's plural, scriptures. So it's the word grammar. Grammar. J-R-A-M-M-A. The next verse, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is singular. It's the word graphy. So, graphy is the written word of God. The written word is called graphy. The Bible you are holding is graphy. It's the scripture that is inspired of God. Praise God. All right. So, the complete and the living word, the complete word is the, is the, is the logos. The graphy is a written word. The rhema is the revealed word. Rhema is the revealed word. The revealed word that is spoken. You see, it is definite, it is specific, it's revealed, it's spoken. That's the rhema. In the tabernacle, now, in the tabernacle, there's something so interesting. When you get to the holies of holies, there's the Ark of the Covenant. When you open the, the top of the, the, the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, is called the mercy seat. When you open it, there's a golden pot inside. Amazing. In the golden pot, something is there. There's a tablet. The tablet and there's a manna. God says that the manna should be put in front of the tablet. What is the tablet? The tablet is a written word. The tablet is a written word. What is the manna? The manna is the rhema. The revealed word. Now, I'll explain. The only word of God that was written at the time of Moses was the one written on the tablet. That was the only word of God which was written at that time on the tablet. And God said in front of the written word should be the manna. What is the manna? The manna is the rhema. The revealed word, the word that is personal to you, that is revealed to you, that is the rhema, is the manna. You see, when God gave the manna in uh, Deuteronomy 8 verse 3, he gave them the manna which they, they never knew, and neither did their fathers know. He gave them the manna to humble them and to make them know that man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the word of. You see, all right. Jesus quoted Deuteronomy eight three in Matthew four verse four, when Satan tempted him, concerning and he quoted the verse that speaks that is related to the manna, and said, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema." Making the manna rhema. 
So the manna is a remnant. You cannot eat the tablet, but you can eat the manna. You understand? So the manna was placed in front of the tablet. Why? God intend, has intended that the written word becomes the revealed word. That is why it was placed in front of the tablet. So that thank God this is a tablet. Okay, so that the written word becomes revealed to me personally. Alright. Now, what washes your feet every day? It's not the graphy. It's the rima. Because the rima is water. The water that cleanses your feet is the rima. When you open the Bible, you have encountered the graphy. But how can it become rima to you? Until it becomes rima, your feet is not washed. Mm-hmm. Until it is processed as a rima, it is still not washed. So you can quickly read through and go back with dusty feet. But how can it become rima? Because the washing of water, the washing is the rima, the word that is revealed personally to you, that ministers to you personally, that becomes applicable. And the word you, you take it and you speak it, and life is produced. How do you do it? Now, in the morning, you pick the Bible and you read. Let me show you how you encounter manna. You read. In Jeremiah 15, 16, the Bible says, Thy words were found, and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing. Thy words, this is plural, were found. That's a graphic. And I did it then. And thy word was unto me. What it means is that as you are reading the words of scripture, as you read, 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 a word jumps to you. That becomes special. It jumps. That's how God gives us daily manner. Sometimes it's not all the chapter that will bless you. Sometimes you don't even understand what he's talking about. Especially when I'm reading Habakkuk and Leviticus and all those places. <laughs> Those places you read and you want to even sleep. <laughs> All those places. Nahum. <laughs> hmm. So as, but as you are reading through, ah, you stumble on a word or a verse. It seems to say, take me, take me, eat me, eat me, eat me. So thy words were found and thy word was unto, unto me. So you see, what gave him joy was not all the words. It was one word. That is the word that is blessing you. So as you read, a, a, a verse just jumps out of you. You know what you have to do? And that means you have to wake up at dawn, earlier than you normally wake up, and, and make time for the word. Yeah. Yeah, you need to spend time on the word. And even if it's 30 minutes, you have, you have to do it. And when you, the word jumps out, take that word and sit down meditate first ponder on the word first think about the word get the meaning of the word sometimes you have to use other versions of the bible to get get the meaning especially if i use king james just get get see the word must be edible understand the word and as you ponder sometimes five minutes ten minutes as you ponder ponder wow 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 
Wow, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Wow, wow. Then as you stay in it, so understanding will be coming. Understanding start coming out. Wow, something comes to you. Something comes to you. Now the more you do it, the more easier it becomes every day. And when it comes to you, wow, wow, what do you do? Now you gotta understand it. What is now revealed to you? Wow, how? Before you go, start praying with it. Pray with it. That's how to fellowship with the word. Now, most importantly, you confess it. You confess it. You speak it. What it says concerning you, you speak it. You personalize it. You see, the rima is not the word that is only revealed. Rima is the spoken word. If it is not spoken, it's not rima. <laughs> it is revealed to you and it is spoken. God's rima is not what God says. It is what, <laughs> it is what God has spoken, you speaking it. But I think it's revealed to you first. The understanding is there. Wow. And you personalize it and you speak it. For instance, yesterday I was um, reading Colossians 1. But when I got to verse 13, I couldn't, I, 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 wow, I was so blessed. I was so blessed in verse 13. It kept, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us to the kingdom of his dear son. I, couldn't, I, I kept meditating. He delivered us. He delivered us. Wow. I, I was thinking, not that he would deliver me. He already delivered me. So he delivered me from the authority of darkness. I realized that the power there is authority. He has delivered me from the authority of darkness. I said, oh, who is speaking? The father. So I have already, I have already been delivered, delivered from Satan and all his cohorts. Not that he would deliver me. So I have been delivered. Wow. Can you imagine? How can I fear witches and wizards? You know, I, because he has delivered me. And not only delivered me, but translated me. Then I realized that the word translated also means total transfer. It's the same word used for Elijah, Elijah, Enoch being raptured. Translated from. So that's how I have been translated far away into the kingdom of the son of his love. Wow. As I began to meditate, then I started speaking. When the light dawned on me, speaking, I'm above all powers. I'm above Satan. I'm a master of Satan. I'm a master of circumstances. I tried a trample of a witches and wizard. I was personalizing the word. I was speaking it, fellowshipping with it, speaking it, speaking it. That's how to get a rhema. You speak it in your life, in your situations, in your circumstances. You personalize the word. Whatever it says, you personalize it and speak it. You have to speak every day. Now, when you start speaking the word, you have weaponized the word. Remember that in Ephesians 6.14, and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The Greek says, which is the rima of God. So this rima, what is revealed to you, is also a sword. Verse 17, rather. It's also a sword. Rima, the spoken word is a sword. You know the sword, ma 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 ma, is the is the greatest sword in Roman army. It's it's double edged. So what you say out of revelation becomes a sword. For instance, as you meditate, himself took away my infirmity. Come on, now, if I'm not feeling well, just spend ten minutes. Don't just start praying. Spend ten minutes and meditating on. Just ten minutes. Think of your. Just meditate on how Christ took your sickness. And when you ponder and start speaking, 
after meditation when you speak in jesus name thank you lord now the word becomes real to you now you speak out of inward conviction sometimes people are binding satan but satan knows they are not convinced inside of the authority so now because of the meditation you have inward conviction you are convinced that this is real this is mine you are not just trying what you are doing is what will come to pass so as you open your mouth to speak you have released the sword of the spirit you have you have slashed your the cancer into pieces you have slashed the the, the, the migraine into pieces <laughs> because when you speak you are weaponizing the word the word and every morning you have to unleash and unsheath the sword <laughs> you see to deal with circumstances in your life listen you don't speak health when you are sick that's the problem with believers you don't confess health when you're not feeling well confess health every day when you are well and the time of sickness may never come or will never come you don't confess prosperity when you have no 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 confess it when money is coming confess it speak it when i'm reading the bible i'm always speaking it don't for me wow i know this is the time jesus spoke to ken hagen and told hagen that this is where believers fail this is where they when they fail in this area they will fail in every area it's not meditating and speaking the word is the matter of every failure yes he says it's the matter of every kind of failure not meditating and speaking is a matter of every kind of failure every kind of failure whatever i get in a year i speak of, i speak of it every day i speak of it every day <laughs> i was telling pastor michael that bishop when, when were you seeing you see, last week, I bought a car for someone. But whilst we were there, I was meditating. I'm, I'm an heir of God. Meditating on what I have in Christ. Walking up and down, confessing. Because I wanted to get a car. Confessing. <laughs> confessing. When I saw the picture of the car, I said, it is mine. <laughs> Speaking. Because I know it works. You see, when the word is real, you see, when you have meditated, it becomes so real. At times when you have not meditated, you are wondering, hey, has he... Hey. We all get there. Hey, so when you have not meditated, it, it looks far-fetched. But it's so surprising that as you begin to ponder, it comes, becomes so real. It becomes so real. You go like, ah, this, this is so simple. It's because you are in a higher plane. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you do that, ma, 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 ma look, it affects your marriage. You, every morning, based on the scripture you are reading, to other you either release word for your family or for your wife or for your children or for your business or for your ministry or for church or for pastor or for someone I- i'm telling you you read about forgiveness of forgiving each other you start, start releasing your heart if there's the slightest ill feeling against anybody you release it you release your heart you start blessing everybody who has ever off- offended you you fellowship with the word so don't get your keep your mouth muted Get the revelation. Spend time. The understanding should flow and start speaking. And start speaking. And start speaking. Hallelujah. This is how we model our lives for success. This is how we model our lives for victory. We speak and it manifests. And when you speak, see, people, people confess and nothing happens because they are not confessing out of revelation. Revelation precedes confession. It's always like that. So the best time to confess is just when you came out of meditation. As you ponder, you speak because speaking is part of meditation anyway. For information, now listen, you know how they gather the manna? When they go and gather the manna, don't think that the moment they gather the manna, they start eating. 
No, 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 no. The manna was just a raw material. It had to go four processes. When they get the manna, they bring it to their dwelling. And number one, they have to grind it. Number two, they have to pound it. Number three, they have to boil it. Number four, they have to bake it before it was ready for eating. <laughs> so God can give you manna, yet it's still nothing for you. It's just in a raw material state. So you get it, you process it, it has to go through grinding, <laughs> pounding, <laughs> boiling, baking, in the mortar, with a pestle, in the oven, you know, all these processes, <clears throat> just to get a manna to be ripe for eating. <laughs> so God can give a lot of things, too much manna, but that's not enough. You have to meditate. That is the greatest blessing you can ever access to. Meditation is the greatest. Meditate and speak. My, my. And this one thing is the most important thing, but the devil will try any means to steal you away from it. The devil will get you too busy to do what I'm talking about. He'll get you too busy, too busy, too busy. And this is the most important thing. Brethren, this is the one thing that will attract all the blessings. This is the one thing that will cause you to walk in holiness. This is the one thing that will cause you to walk in fellowship with Christ. This is the one thing that will cause you to practicalize your ministry and fulfill your ministry. This is the one thing that will cause you to walk in your inheritance. This is the one thing that will cause you to walk in love with the brethren. This is the one thing that will cause you to walk in joy in this life. This is the one thing that will overcome depression. This is the one thing that will overcome worry. This is the one thing that will cause you to reign in life because you are walking in the riches of the word. This is the one thing that to make you an overcomer. This is the one thing. Jesus said one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken from her and I tell you, I give you a comprehensive insurance policy. That one thing will bring all the blessings. It is Jesus who said one thing is needful. We are saying, we think many things are needful. We are saying that there are many things for us to do in one day. We have to go for lectures. We have to go to work. There are many things we have to do but to Jesus he says one thing is needful he never said two things are needful he never said three things are needful he never said four things are needful the master of the ages himself said only one thing is needful and if that one thing is needful brethren I commend you to that one thing which is needful and that one thing will unlock it is the master key that unlocks all the blessings in this life hallelujah and it's our time to access all the blessings all the blessings are ours the blessings of Abraham are ours all things are yours we are joined us with christ all things are yours but as we begin to access the word we begin to access the untold wealth that is bequeathed to us this is our time the manna is coming to us the graphe is becoming the remand the word is revealed to us henceforth we make time for the word how loved i thy law it is my meditation all the day my meditation of him shall be sweet. Hey, I prevented the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Hey, more to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. In them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is much reward. Hey, the word is now you. Mama, 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 mama. The word is now you. The word is now you. 
he's given us the corn of heaven the bread of heaven the bread of angels the word he sends forth his word and it's healed them and delivered them from all their distractions the word will heal the word will deliver from every kind of distraction makatebe sunday labakate sunday hey from today meditation becomes real from today the word is our habitation from today we will not drift from the word we will give the best of our strength to the word we will give the best of our strength to the word nothing takes us away he comes to steal to kill and to destroy satan we forbid you we forbid you you cannot take our time in the word yaba shambra simbra sunday yababa kaka suseke Heleme city, ye are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. <laughs> Your word is a cleansing agent. Your word heals. Your word is the manna. Your word is life. Your word is breath. Your word. And we access all our inheritance. We will not miss it. We will not miss it in marriage. We will not miss it in marriage. We will not miss it in the choice to our partners. We will not miss it in ministry. We will not miss it. We are amply blessed. All that he gave us is ours. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. We separate from the common to the uncommon. Hey, we come to the realm of sanctification. The provisions made by the cross, the provisions he gave us, all that he gave us is ours. All that he gave us, we take it. Hey, healing is yours. Peace is yours. Shalom is yours. Thank you, Jesus. Giving thanks unto the Father who has given us the ability to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Yabakote Sunday. Yabakote Sunday. Mama, mama, mama. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you please be seated? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When the Israelites were traveling in the wilderness, every all the items in the tabernacle were covered with curtains and coverings with gold, with, with purple, sorry, with purple, with blue, curtains of blue, purple. The Ark of the Covenant was covered. You see, it was covered, it had a covering. The table of his presence, the table was covered. The lampstands was covered. Altar of sacrifice, all of these were had coverings. There was one item that was not covered whilst they were traveling. It was not covered. It's called the liver. In the wilderness, the liver was not covered, but every furniture was covered. Why was the liver not covered in the wilderness? Because in the wilderness of life, in the wilderness, what you need the most 
is the washing of your feet to keep you. Now, we are not home yet. Heaven is our home. But this world is a wilderness for us. But the wilderness is, is, is a homeless place. This is not our home. That's not where we come from. In this world, God preserved a type for us. That's whilst we are in a pilgrimage to our homeland in this life, whilst we are pilgriming and we are sojourners, in this wilderness, what is not, there is something that is not covered. The liver is ever opened for us to wash our feet daily until we arrive home. Hallelujah. And the rest, the rest of the amazing thing is that the furniture had their dimensions and their measurements. The Ark of the Covenant had its dimensions in cubits. The altar of sacrifice had its dimensions. The table of his presence, it was, had its weight. <laughs> the liver had no measurement. Amazing. We're not told the amount of water that was in the liver. We're not told. That speaks of the unlimited provision of the word for us in this life. In the wilderness, as we walk, the provision is unlimited. Praise God. Hallelujah. And every day, when you go into the liver, there's water. Remember, it is made of mirrors. The mirror stands for God's word. You see yourself. You behold your natural face. As in a glass. And water stands for the word. As you look into the water, as in water face answered to face. You see your face. When you are reading the Bible, don't think of some people. Think of yourself. So, wow, this is good for Pastor Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't take the word and throw it to somebody. And throw it, yeah, this is good for that person. Yeah, this is good for... No, the word is good for you. And the whole container is made of bronze. Bronze is a symbol of judgment. He that is spiritual judges himself. And he himself is judge of no man. The word judges you. Hallelujah. There's one element that is in the, in the washing of water that has its type in the Old Testament. In Numbers 19, there's something there called the water of separation. Say the water of separation. In the Old Testament, if you are there like this and a dead lizard fall on you, you are unclean. You become unclean. Can you imagine? If someone dies and a dead just touches you small, you are unclean. If your relative dies and you touch the dead, you are unclean. But in the Old Testament, a lot of things made you unclean. Even if you are in your menses, you are unclean. <laughs> you should bless God we are in the New Testament because a lot of things will make you unclean. If you are a guy and a sperm touches your clothes, <laughs> you are unclean. Your clothes is also unclean. <laughs> so when you become unclean like that, you touch something that is dead, you know the solution. The solution is not that you shouldn't go and kill a lamb. Christ doesn't have to die again. There's a, a water that is already, already prepared. It's called the water of separation. That is sprinkled on you. Which is equivalent to what I'm talking about. You know, we, we touch death every day. You get into a conversation. Ah, you realize I shouldn't have said what you said. I like the way you answered. <laughs> ah, I shouldn't have. And this is, this is where we miss it the most. Because if you're able to bridle your mouth, your tongue, you're a perfect man. So we go like, ah, 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 I shouldn't have. Ah, why, why, why cry? And you sometimes do. You 
And what we say is very important. Yeah. When I was 19, yes, when I was speaking and I drift off, a hand would come and touch my shoulder, invisible hand, and press it. Then I have to stop. Yeah. But when I grew in the Lord, the hand didn't come again. I think God expected me in maturity. <laughs> but that gave me the impression that, hey, hey, then what we say is so important. Especially, you don't speak ill against people. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. <laughs> but when once you miss it, you just sense, if you are alive in the spirit, you know you have touched death. That's when people, they can gossip, ah, and dance, ah, gossip, ah, and dance, and dance, ah. And they don't feel any, not, nothing is pulling them back. They are so dry. Too, too much dust, compounded. <laughs> they can speak, ah, speak, and speak, and speak. Ay. But if we are letting the spirit, as you start, there's, there's an inward prompting. Yeah. Now, in those days, if you touch death like that, so a water called the water of purification or separation has to be sprinkled on you. And this thing is given to us in Numbers 19. The reason it is not given to us in Leviticus is because it's not for our salvation. If it was in Leviticus, it would have been for our salvation. But it is in Numbers. That means it's for our work. Because you see, in English we say Numbers, but in Hebrew it's not Numbers. In Hebrew, the word Numbers in Hebrew is actually, the title of the book is In the Wilderness. It's not numbers in the wilderness. So it speaks of their wanderings and their walk in the wilderness. Typifying our walk in this life. And what we need in this life in our walk is the water of purification. I've spoken about it, but there's an element in the water I want to point to you. Now, how was the water produced? First, in Numbers 19, God said they should bring red hypha and hypha of three years. You know, hypha, female, cow of three years female and kill it hmm. everything in the bible is, 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 is significant why a female hypha why female and not male read the bible it says the bible specifically says female the bible never said male because in the bible male stands for strength and activeness the principle of the male but female actually stands for passivity that which is passive no, when you are active, it means you are doing it. But when you are passive, it is done unto you. Now he's talking about the water of purification. Then he says, the hypha, the, the, the animal must be female. You know why? It is not Peter who took the water to wash his own feet. He wasn't active. It was Jesus who took the basin and the water to wash him. So it was done unto him. He was not doing it. When it comes to daily washing of feet, every day he said, Jesus still wash my feet today. Even now, he's still washing our feet. It's, it's he who is applying to us. Praise God. And a red hypha is killed and is bent into ashes. And the ashes is mingled with water. <laughs> Amazing. You know ashes? Ashes in the Bible stands for the finished work of Christ. You know why? Because when there's an animal here and I lay my hands on the animal, transfer all my sins on the animal, and all my sickness comes on the animal, all my guilt, judgment, and condemnation comes on the animal. All right. So the animal is carrying all these things. And the animal is killed and bent. 
when you see the ashes, the ashes is a proof that your sins are gone. The ashes is a proof that your sickness is gone. The ashes is a proof that the judgment is passed. Hallelujah. So ashes speaks of the, the final irreducible state of matter. Representing what has been done. Judgment has already taken place. Your sins are gone. Your sicknesses are gone. And it is mingled with water. Hmm. Not only that, because of time, there are other things inside. For instance, God says there is a high soap and a cedar that is added into the burning. You know high soap? You read the Bible, you find high soap and cedar. Solomon gave songs and parables, and he spoke of trees from the high soap to the cedar. The high soap is the smallest plant. The cedar is the biggest plant. The biggest tree, high soap. In the Bible, plant stands for humanity. High soap is the smallest. High soap stands for the little member of the body, which is the mouth. In Egypt, in applying the blood, they use high soap in the blood, and they sprinkle it. How do we sprinkle the blood today? With our mouth. High soap stands for the little member, which is our mouth in the Bible. So actually, all the transgressions of the mouth and every part of our being is part of the burning. Am I getting deeper? It's too much. It's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, after the burning and everything into ashes, it is mixed with water. Then when a dead thing touches you, it is sprinkled on, on you, then you are clean. Today, when we wash our feet, now, make sure the water has ashes. Make sure you listen to preachers who have ashes. Never listen to any preacher who doesn't have ashes. You know a preacher who has ashes? A preacher that brings the gospel of the finished work of Christ. Telling you that your sins are done. You are no more condemned. Telling you what Jesus has done. Now, if someone comes to point you to your shortcomings and weaknesses and condemns you, he doesn't have ashes. It's not a, he's, a, he's, an, he's an Old Testament preacher in a New Testament dispensation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make sure you have ashes. That means that you always see what Jesus has done. Know that it is finished. That's how you, why you can rejoice. You can laugh and smile because he has done it. It is truly finished. Hallelujah. And finally, in John 13, Jesus, when he has washed their feet, the Bible says there was a towel around his waist. He took the towel and cleaned their feet. You shouldn't only wash your feet. You should clean your feet with a towel. It's there. John 13. Jesus was gathered around his waist with a towel. John 13, please. Now, let's go to verse, verse 2. Verse 3. Yeah, sorry, verse 3. Uh-huh. Uh, verse 4. He rises up. He rises from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and gathered himself. Took a towel and gathered himself. Now the English says towel, but the Greek says lention. He took the lention and gathered himself. He took the lention around his waist. Lention is not towel. 
Lention is a word for a linen garment. A linen garment. Linen. So around Jesus' waist was a linen garment. So he cleaned their feet with linen. Maybe the linen was like towel. <laughs> but you see, what is linen in the Bible? It's clear. Revelation 19.8. Linen in the Bible is righteousness. Righteousness is linen. And it's so amazing that it was around his waist. We see that in Isaiah 11 verse 5. Isaiah 11 verse 5 says, Righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins. Can you imagine? Righteousness will be around his waist. That's Isaiah 11 verse 5. And we see him taking linen garments around his waist. And linen garments is righteousness. You see, and he began cleaning their feet. Every day after you have washed your feet, before you go to work, clean your feet with the righteousness of God. <laughs> you have to clean your feet. You know what? You, you don't just go with wet feet. Wipe your feet with the consciousness of the righteousness of God. <laughs> Wipe your feet with linen. You know what it means? That means whenever you are going out, go with the consciousness that I am the righteousness of God. Look, listen. Righteousness is the biggest subject in the Bible. Do you know what it means? The greatest blessing is, is righteousness, actually. That's the greatest blessing. The blessing of Abraham. It's not blessings of Abraham. The ble- different article. The blessing. It's righteousness. You know what it means to say Christ is my righteousness? Do you know? It's too big. Old. It's like saying, when you say Christ is my righteousness, you are saying that what Christ deserves is what I deserve. Yeah. Christ is my qualification right now. What Christ deserves is what I deserve. Christ is my qualification right now. So if Christ is going for lectures in the morning, if Jesus is going for lectures in the morning, or if Jesus is going to work in the morning, now, can he have an accident? Ah, If he can't have an accident, why should I have an accident? Because Christ is my righteousness. What he deserves is what I deserve. I deserve. You understand? If Christ is going for an interview, is he favored? Christ. Ah. So what it is he deserves is what I deserve because he is my qualification before God. Because he is my righteousness. Can you understand that? This, this is a serious thing. Sometimes when I'm talking to God, I need something. I said, Father, Christ is my righteousness. You cannot deny me. One day, I was going to preach. I, I was so tired. There was no mood. I, I couldn't even pray. I said, Lord, you know, you know that Christ is my righteousness, right? You know, you know Christ is my righteousness, right? I know you know that. Tell me how to go and preach. Instantly, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me. Because I know my right in Christ. <laughs> you know, I didn't have the strength to pray. pray. So, Christ is my righteousness. If Jesus is, now, if Jesus is talking to the Father, would the Father de- deny him? No. Now, how, why can he deny me? Because he's my righteousness. So it's the same. You know what? Sometimes I would take the Bible, I read, take the book, the book of Proverbs. You can find righteousness so many times. For example, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. That means my, my children will be delivered. If they are in danger. And I take it. I said, that's me. Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So my seed shall be delivered. It's a promise for me. That righteousness is apart from works. I understand. <laughs> it's apart from works. It's Christ who is my righteousness. I only have to be conscious of that kind of righteousness. So I say, I'm the, I, I, I take the book of Proverbs actually in my room. And I, I'll quote it. The seed of the just of the righteous shall be delivered. And I declare, I am the righteousness of God. My seed shall be delivered. My one-year-old child took a um, dettol and drank it. Nothing happened to her to this day. Why? Because I've been declaring that the righteousness shall be delivered. 
Just, I just laid hands on her, that's all. She didn't go to the hospital. I'm not saying don't take your child to the hospital. <laughs> take your child to the hospital. But when your faith has grown, it will be settled. <laughs> understand uh-huh. but there comes a time as you dwell in the word it will be so natural for you the seed of the just shall be delivered for instance the bible says that righteousness delivered from death it's in proverbs so i go like oh i cannot die righteousness delivers from the death i'm the righteousness of god that's my inheritance and i read in the house of the righteous is much treasure so that's me there's blessed there is food in my house there's treasure <laughs> there's money in my house because i am the righteousness of god to say I'm the righteousness of God means that you are righteous as God. You think it's, it's not true? Thank God I didn't write the Bible. If, if I wrote the Bible, I couldn't, I couldn't be bold enough to write that. <laughs> of course, he gave us his nature of righteousness and it is, it's a gift. Of course. That means Christ becomes your qualification. What Christ deserves is what God is giving you if you are conscious of that. The Bible says the lips of the righteous feed many. Oh, so when I speak, I feed many because I'm the righteousness of God. The Lord will not suffer the soul of, or the soul of the righteous to famish. That means if I'm righteous, I can never be hungry. I said, Lord, I'm the righteousness of God. Ah, hallelujah. Just have to be right. So when you are living, never walk in guilt, never walk in condemnation, wipe your feet with the, with the lentium, the righteousness concept, and walk out of your house boldly. Know that all demons are under your feet. Even if there's no money in your pocket, all things are yours. <laughs> Worry is under your feet. Fear is under your feet. Defeat is under your feet. You walk majestically. Brethren, if there's any sacrifice you can sacrifice per day, it's your time with the word and prayer. If you wake up at six, try waking up early. Yeah. Yeah. We are very busy people. But I've read the Bible every year since 2001. Every year. Cover to cover. And sometimes the New Testament twice. You can read the Bible once every year. Because as you read, then you pick up the word out of the words. That one, you dwell on it and meditate. Get blessed. As you meditate, wow. There are some certain things you have to dwell on it. And when you say, witches or, witches or demons or Satan, you begin to laugh. <laughs> See, one day I woke up and I had a sharp pain on my side. Very fearful. Sharp pain, I rose up and I started laughing. <laughs> I loved. I loved that. I fell down and laughed. Loved that. I was wondering why the thing has found itself here. How can you come? Wow, wow. When I rose up, it was gone. That's revelation. There are times you are not on that height of revelation. You have to meditate and speak the word. Hallelujah. How many of you are willing, willing to wash your feet daily? I'm telling you, all your worries, all the problems you always see, Pastor, Pastor, problem, Pastor, my neck, Pastor, this person, look, it will reduce. I'm telling you, to reduce and you walk in victory. This thing is true, it doesn't lie. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and pray.
Mamo Moshata. Mama Mamo Shata. Lele Shite Actra Simba. Once you have the word, <laughs> Yakata, ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Once you have the word, <laughs> as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but water the earth. Mama, 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 mama. Mama, that it may give. See to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall prosper that which I please. It shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And when you receive the word by day, the Bible said, Ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Listen, the trees will clap their hands. You are going to be a wonder among many. The trees will give you standing ovation. The trees will clap their hands for you. The mountains and the hills shall break forth. Even nobility will give you standing ovation. Ha! Nobility will salute you. Nobles will salute you because of the word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mabra, Stimbra, Stiba. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.